from a galaxy far, far away. And a bookshelf straight out of the 90s. From Thrawn to Dantooine. And everything in between. This is Legends Look Back. You never know when you're uh, typing up those show notes, getting ready for another episode of Legends Look Back, what exactly the uh, the internet is going to throw your way. You know, sometimes the, the glowing rocks, the computers, you know, that's all they are really is glowing rocks. They're just, you know, minerals that we have mined out of the earth. We program them with some technology and they glow. And anyway, the glowing rocks, they uh, sometimes I think they know better than you. You know what I mean? And, uh, <laughs> well, in Star Wars, it's just almost entirely made up words. So I'm typing away these show notes. I'm very serious about this. We've got a deadline to meet and a show to have after all. And I'm just, you know, clicking it all in there and um, slapping it together. And uh, then all of a sudden it says, hey, 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 hold up. We're going to have to, we're going to have to uh, change that word to something a little bit more English. Now, I'm going to back this story up and say this. Um, Legends Look Back, after all, is a show that has brought you some pretty iconic character nicknames. Right? What's your What's your favorite character nickname, everybody? Uh, out of all the the running inside jokes, uh, Emily, I'll be honest, I'm partial to Darth Hannah. That's a good one. Mm, that's <laughs> a good one. It's a classic. Darth Hannah. Uh, we got Naked Palps, of course. Uh, that's a classic, uh, legendary, even if you will. We've tried We've tried to bury Darth uh, Naked Palps, and, and he's come back from the dead. Rick, what was your your favorite character nickname? I mean, as of last week, the the uh, Queen Amanda. Right. <laughs> Queen Amanda is a good one. Queen Amanda, Queen Emma Noah from Tales of the Jedi. For those who are keeping score, how about you, Freddie? I, I feel like I posted one recently. Uh, <gasps> not sure. Oh, oh Fonzie Palpatine. Fonzie. Fonzie. Yeah. Bronze Hey. What's his they name? Sheev. 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 Yeah. I think. Yep. I'm into. I'm into him right now. <laughs> oh, we got a good one here from Skuma Joe in the chat. Uh, I don't know if we can put this up on the screen or not. That one's borderline. Uh, the urethra is going from on the, the Han Solo trilogy. We were talking about uh, the. What? Yep, the, I remember that. Talanda what, Till. What, the Talanda Talanda Till. How did we land and on that? Jared. Name? Jared. Not we. Jared landed on urethas. Ure, urethas. <laughs> Well, I've got a new one. I've got a new one. All right. Thanks to AutoCorrect, as of today, April 20th, 2023, and no, I was not on anything, okay, just because it is 420. Um, Here's here's what the computer says, the glowing rocks. We've got Sith Lord from Tales of the Jedi, Golden Age of the Sith, that we're going to be talking about right here on this very show, live here on Legends Look Back. That is... Are you, re- are you ready for this? Drum roll, please. Everybody? Oh, I'm so ready. Anybody got kick uh, kick drum pedals? Here it is. Ludo Fresh. Ludo <laughs> Fresh. Yes. Nice. You know. Oh, fresh I Ludo. I love that. Ludo Fresh. Ludo Fresh. Mm. You Ludo know, Emily and I were just talking about autocorrect before the show. I think, like, I don't know if you're on honor yet, but, like, typing up my own notes, like, every single character and the, these stories, autocorrect wouldn't have it. Nope. So. Not even a little bit. Every. All right. I got another good one. This one's not a character nickname. It's a planet. They go to the Sith throne world that's actually developed quite a bit later on in Legends. Not the bathroom. Um, no, no, no. <laughs> it's Zyost. Uh, Zyost. Uh, autocorrect tried to rename the planet Zitz. 
Zits. <laughs> you know. Zits. <laughs> the you sit on a throne of acne. <laughs> no, it's it's one where when they when, if the blockade is effective uh. enough, it just pops. <laughs> just they oh, they squeeze it. You, well, all right. That's uh, that's our quota of bodily fluids. Thanks for tuning in, guys. Uh, Rick, what a cold <laughs> open. So like a zit. This cold open has run its course, and it is time. It's about to pop. It's about to. That's right. It's about to pop off. Let's go. Pop. Let's do it. Let's start the show. Pop, pop. Hello, everybody, and welcome to Legends Look Back, proudly part of the Utini Podcast Network. This is a Star Wars books podcast for people who love to listen to Hoobastank almost as much as they like to say it where we celebrate our rich EU history as well as dive into lesser-known Star Wars classics. I'm your host, Jared Mays, fresh off of finishing, Ludo fresh off of finishing uh, <laughs> the last few issues of Tales of the Jedi Fall of the Sith Empire to get ready for the show. I mean, it was like, uh, it was one of those where I was like playing soccer with the kids while holding the comic book. I was like, I got a show tonight, y'all. Um, but I got it done, ready for the show. You know who else ready for the show? Finally, well rested after his trip Ugh. to to London. Right? How about the, you? St- you still eating beans on toast for breakfast? Did they change you over there in London, Freddie uh, C? How are you, Freddie? I'm doing all right. I wish I was at uh, a pub right now, but yeah, check, you know, I was just realized I'm wearing I'm wearing a shirt right now that I got from Celebration. Oh, cool. And uh, let me let me see if I can zoom in here. Boom! Is I like that good? color. No? It's like uh, well, hey. that's your face. All right, there it is. <laughs> Some clone troopers? Do I see clone troopers? Ewoks. I see an Ewok. Oh. And stormtroopers. Ah. Yeah. Oh, it's a violent and uh, hold on. It's it's gonna be yeah, it's a violent shirt. But there's a thing here. I just want to show this. <laughs> Did you say I violent or the violent? Tag off here. Oh. I haven't taken the tag off. Oh, he's still wearing the tag. Uh, yeah, check it out. But Ludo I can't fresh. take it off. Look at this. Ludo Fresh. Oh, that is a cool tag. That drip though. Mm, Exclusive. It's an exclusive. Mm-hmm. He's got a exclusive shirt. Mm. I'm right. never gonna wash it. I like the color. Is it is it brown or maroon? It's like a maroon, I would say. Yeah, or, I like that. Or mauve. Death Not sure. Is blood. that a mauve? I would like the <laughs> yeah. hexadecimal value of that shirt, please. <laughs> hey, I could well, probably find it. <laughs> speaking of violent, we got a little bit of violent backstory on uh, Emily's anniversary pre-show. <laughs> that is the devourer of kangaroos. We are joined by Emily Daybeck. Yes, indeed. So it was, uh, it was my anniversary on Tuesday, and so my husband um, surprised me with a very fancy dinner on Wednesday. And one of the courses, we didn't realize it until after the fact. <laughs> we thought it was a beef tenderloin. Turns out it was kangaroo, and we hadn't a Ooh. freaking clue the whole time. And so we got <laughs> a bit of a bet going to see if Freddie has had kangaroo before. We do. We've got a pre-show. <laughs> we've got a show host bet. We have on, a lot has, of money riding on this, Freddie. Has Freddie? So what's, what's the answer, Freddie? Has Freddie ever eaten it's kangaroo? It's a bit gamey. <laughs> you had it. I haven't. No, I haven't. What? I, I haven't had kangaroo meat. Believe it Rick, or not, yes, I yes! have. Uh, I have not had kangaroo meat. I've had shark uh, before. Oh, yeah, that's nice. really cool. I've had shark. I've caught uh, a ostrich. shark. I caught a shark. Wow. Um, yeah, we used to have a we used in. to have a burger place in my hometown, Oklahoma, that made emu burgers. Um. Let's see. I had you know alligator. Obviously, living living down the near Louisiana, we get gator quite a bit. Yeah. 
I think you need to throw it to the next guest because I need to know what this wager was about and what was talked about. <laughs> yeah, the man who is yeah. now rolling in credits just like Watto yeah. himself, our producer, Rick sure. Race. Yep, I got all the Republic Dactari that you could ever want now, so mm. that's me. I'm here. Yeah, and he I didn't believe in you, Freddie. I just I just wanted to be contrarian to those, other, those two. So I haven't to. had kangaroo yet. I'm neither have I. Now. I didn't know that was a thing. I feel bad <laughs> I for all the either. kangaroo out there. I think I've Emily, had it. you monster! Why would you eat a kangaroo? I Gosh. didn't know. Like literally, like so. All right, so we're sitting in the kitchen at the chef's table, super bougie, and we're like watching this like super fine Wait, dining on. restaurant plate. Everything Where were you sitting? At the chef's table. <laughs> okay. It was. Yeah. It's like I. I told Mike specifically. Like, I really don't want to know how much this costs. I just like I want to go in blind and just totally enjoy the experience because we're we don't probably do this a often. jersey. Um. Anyway, they like they're the kind of like take notes. Like we've been going to this place like every couple years for like nine years now. So like they like have notes on like all of our preferences. It's next level. So anyway, oh so like watching them do all this crazy stuff. Like we walk in and Mike's like, I instantly saw the sous vide in the corner. And so we're like looking <laughs> over there like it's just one tiny portion. I'm like, I think that might be for us. Sure enough, later on, the guy like plates it up and like brings it to us. And like the thing that cracked me up is that these guys are like they sound like country bumpkins. Like n- they do not they're, – they're like producing this art that's like amazing and delicious. And then when they talk, they're like they could be – like you could run into them anywhere, and they would. It's just because like you live in Georgia. Home. That's the reason. It just cracks reason. me up. So we didn't understand him. We didn't understand what he said. We're like he's like something, something espresso roasted. We got that like espresso rubbed, and then like we didn't hear the next part, and then we heard all the rest of the ingredients, and then we get the print off of the menu at the end, and it like has kangaroo on there. I'm like, what? <laughs> <laughs> what do you mean we had kangaroo? Wow. It was crazy. Yeah, yeah. Emily, you're leaving out the best part of the story. Oh, I, ha- which I is, am. You know, at the beginning, you know, before the show, you were telling the story, and you said we thought it was beef tenderloin. Guess what animal it was, and without missing a beat. Oh, uh, that's yeah. true. Yeah, I was yeah, like yeah, trying to stretch yeah, the story, yeah. and Jared like immediately is like kangaroo. I was like, <laughs> I was I was busy trying Rick? to finish the summary of of Fall of the Sith Empire. What? I was distracted. I wasn't even really listening. She said, "Guess an animal," and I said, "Kangaroo." That's so bad. I was like, trying to play it off twenty like questions. That wasn't it. I was like, "Rick, any guesses?" And yeah, I'm like, it. "Does it have hooves?" And she's like, "No." And I'm like, "Crap! What animals have hooves and don't?" I don't know. And so <laughs> you have the bison. I just. Yeah, I'll, I'll be bison taking. Crazy. I've also had bison. Bison burgers Bison's are good. good. Mm-hmm. Um, I'd like to. I'll, I'll accept my uh, chewy esque medal mm-hmm. in the mail. Mm-hmm. All right. I officially am the most uncultured of this part, this this group. <laughs> well, hey, maybe you so. could work at a fine dining restaurant. Apparently, they just take them all. Awesome. Apparently, I mean, apparently. you do have the school bus driver thing on us. Wow. None of us have done. Wow. No, I'm saying like that's an exotic experience that none of us have had. It's, it is exotic. Mm-hmm. It is exotic. <laughs> Yes. Well, I did did call one of my routes like the safari because I saw like I saw a, a wild hog that looked like a gorilla, and <laughs> it scared me to two death because oh, it was like the size of a car. That's where my you know hog what? gorilla went. I've been wondering where. Okay, I put that. Rick, I I have that experience once. I was driving towards northern Arizona and looking at me almost as if it was the same height as I was sitting in the car was this humongous yeah. mountain lion. Oh my goodness. And I was like, oh yeah, never mind. <laughs> We're going to stay here and probably go back. 
Well, uh, we're not going to be talking about uh, any mountain lions on tonight's episode. We do, however, have a bit of a slideshow to show off. Uh, We have been running a fun event here for the month of April here at Utini, and um, it is called the Hashtag Utini Cosplay Showcase. We've got a handful of images of folks who have submitted their own cosplays, and I've been working on mine, too. Hopefully, I can show it off next week. Got some Jedi robes in the mail. I'm just missing boots. Just missing mm. boots. Need to do a little bit of sewing right. tomorrow. Here we go. First um, one off the list. Gone to Goodwill. I, I have. I found a lot of ladies' okay. boots. A lot of them. That's okay. I, you just got to find a big enough size. Just wear the lady boots. It'll uh, work. And there were none. Nope. All right. But okay. you know who doesn't wear lady boots? Kurt. Look at Kurt's uh, immaculate rebel pilot costume. Y'all, this looks that like looks straight up good. like a school picture. Like a life yeah. touch. Yeah. Like this look. I've seen this backdrop before, and I am so here for it. Yeah. I love that Kurt is showing yeah. up in an elementary school in his rebel pilot yes. outfit. Like, excuse and he's me, like, can I just like, I need to borrow your backdrop? I mean, that's cart. instantly hero status if you do that yeah. for real. So <laughs> this, is like, would, this is like post and or hero. Photo. Hero yeah. or you're going straight to jail. One of the two. Mm, One of the two. So, you uh, know what? Just some background you know, the on this orange one. orange jumper, he could have come straight from jail. <laughs> <laughs> that's true but he didn't because we met him we met him yeah yeah oh, awesome. yeah just some background kurt uh, i'm yeah, actually kurt. just jealous that he actually has a full jumpsuit and i had like the little teen teen Rick. girl vest wait till that you I had to hear wear, the story so. this is a story from kurt himself okay uh we met kurt at celebration as as jared had, had mentioned <laughs> we know kurt we've met we've met him and he told me that he made this outfit uh and it was the biggest outfit he could make, but he had to lose weight in order to fit into it, and it oh. got him on his weight loss journey. There so, you go. Whoa. Talk about goals. Well, yeah. yeah so cool. he he managed yeah. to you That's know right. spend the money to do it. And he's like, I need to fit in this thing, and he did it at celebration. <laughs> wow, nice. That's, That's awesome. Yeah, he was a nice well, guy, really awesome. friendly, uh, kind. I really enjoyed meeting him. We we'll had to send him this clip that we sent him a shout out. Also, uh, we've got a cosplay from our very own. Yeah, Freddy, another, see, another another uh, pilot. I spent hours on this one. Hours, <laughs> just trying to Look get my head angled that. the right way. <laughs> That's fresh. To the left, to the left, tilt a little yep. to the right. Now, there <laughs> you right. go, dude. You got like the wedge hair too. Like, he does. you know, it's it's the the slightly disheveled, but just right. If only <laughs> you, you had a mustache, we could call you Biggs. Yeah, <laughs> actually, I had a mustache. This is a photo that's been sitting on my bookshelf and i have a fake mustache that i had on this and i took it off don't oh. know why i, sh- I should have left oh, it oh that's right you told me about that that's funny Too bad. now i'm like i might turn my uh wilro hood costume uh, upgrade it and then you know uh the mustache make it a big thing you know i could see it i could see it um <laughs> you know who else has a great uh another utini team member with a Ooh. great cosplay jacob Oh, nice. You're in the, the Han effort. Solo. Yeah. He definitely Love would it. shoot first. Um, I don't know. Emily, your 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 white girl Han Solo was pretty good in the fall. Mm-hmm. I know. I should probably resubmit that picture. I need to remember but, to do that. But Jacob's, Jacob's also got the mustache. Hans. So best of both worlds. Best of both worlds. Mm-hmm. We got a couple yep. more. I'm going to admit with this next one, um, it's, it's scar- it scarred me. Um, it, er, earlier today, I forgot I had the photos downloaded on my iPad. I was looking for them, trying to get everything mopped up before the show. Open up the yep. iPad, and for some reason, it decided it needed to show this picture and this picture only. Full Grace screen. yourself. Full screen. Oh. Darth Jar Jar. <laughs> oh, no. Ah! 
that's yeah, that's, awful. that's I mean, it's, it's <laughs> like good, but lot. like that's terrifying. It's like a full picture. <laughs> yeah, Where? it. it Here's what I have to say about that. Me, 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 so don't like this picture. <laughs> <laughs> you subby punished. Uh, <laughs> me, so wanna crawl in a hole and die. Uh, this oh, is man. from Discord user Upsedris. So thank you for that. I love it. And it's also so well done. It is great in its own <laughs> us- very unique way. One more, uh, a last minute submission from someone. I didn't write it down. Uh, of Vader and Yoda. I think it was a father-son cosplay. I like um, that. Is this, uh, this looks like Yoda in his teenage years before he started, you know, the gravity started taking him down a little bit. <laughs> yeah, the, the mid, mid-400s probably. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> yeah, I, I, for some reason, didn't catch the name of this one at the last minute, so apologies, but it's in the Utini Cosplay channel over it. on Discord. This is not, however, the only fun Utini event we've got happening right now. In fact, we have... Uh, unveiling today the most exciting collaborative initiative ever in the history of Utini upstaging my Shadows of the Empire. Um, you know, the, the the crossover event that we had, which I was quite proud of. But in some ways, I think this one's a little bit better. Um, Rick, you've been intimately involved in the creation of this project. Tell the good folks about Utini Academy. Yeah. So, Utini Academy! Launching on May 4th, uh, there is an excellent place for you to learn a lot. I don't know about everything, but a lot about um, the Star Wars Expanded Universe, Canon Legends, all of the above. Uh, and you can find out more at utini.com slash academy. But this is going to be launching May 4th. And we are offering exclusive early access and a 25% discount to our live stream viewers and email subscribers Subscribers, if you use the code PADAWAN at checkout. Mm. So yeah, this is coming uh, just within the month. So um, I know that those of us who've been involved have um, enjoyed making mm-hmm. the, the video content and a lot of work's gone into it. It's really, really quality. The, and the bloopers. I'm excited to learn. Oh, 10 the out bloopers. Of 10. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Would recommend for sure. Yeah. Um, well, the three of us, so, yeah. the three of us collaborated, and by that I mean um, not Emily. So <laughs> Rick and Freddie and myself collaborated uh, on uh, the Legends chapter. Emily, I don't know why you weren't involved. Maybe you just like had enough going on and you know didn't didn't yeah. take place. Maybe we didn't invite you. I'm not sure which one it was. It was like a volunteer thing, and I think we just volunteered, and Emily didn't. I just but now I do feel bad. Emily's too cool. That's all I did. Yeah. So I'm sorry, Emily, for leaving you out. We we now. collaborated for um, weeks, if not months, between the three of us on this. Yeah. And uh, we, no, we, what years, years? No, we just 100 <laughs> percent did what you told us, Jared. You wrote the script, yeah. and I just was a talking head, so you did all the work, buddy. Um. So um, a couple of the scripts that I I that we ended up going with were actually adapted from material that Freddie wrote for Celebration. Oh, so, okay. So a couple of those originated with Freddie, and I spiced them up with the jokes. You still, I'm, and chat I'm GPT probably. Just a puppet <laughs> this whole time. I'm actually like pretty adamantly uh, team Didn't kill the robots. So Didn't exist back then, so. Yeah. <laughs> well, they're, they're listening, so be nice. Okay? <laughs> Jedi. Yeah. That's right. No, I have, else. <laughs> I'm dying on the hill of I don't want to work with the robots. Um, 
Yeah. So welcome to my hill. And also to Utini Academy. And I'm very excited about this. I logged in today and uh, we've got the special promo going on right now. Uh, we've got a good number of folks already on board with this. And I think that we've got something really special. There's nothing else like this, uh, like other than like you just waste the rest of your life on the Wook. There's nothing else like this as a place where you can learn about Star Wars books um, in a guided, personalized yeah. kind of way. And I think broken up in a way that's easily digestible so you can refer to it whenever you need to. It's, I think it's perfectly formatted for, for anybody who wants to learn something about Star Wars or learn it all, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely. So I'm excited to see this roll out. Uh, we're going to be popping over there in the chat at the Academy over the next few days, especially with the rollout answering all of your Legends questions. And by that I mean, uh, let's be honest, I'll probably DM Skuma Joe with a lot of my questions. <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah that's fair he is after all we i don't think i've said this on the show yet i have unofficially deemed christened even knighted where's my lightsaber skuma joe too. as our unofficial legends look back research assistant mm. because so. he has proved invaluable in um in helping us to get some behind-the-scenes factoids on a lot of these recent roundtables, in particular Tales of the Jedi. Uh, so we appreciate you, and uh, your check is in the mail. We don't get paid anything. So um, welcome to the club. <laughs> it'll, it'll be a check mark. A, <laughs> a post-it, if you will. And you know what, yes. Jared? A good segue, uh, I would say, is Skuma Joe is our Odenner. <gasps> Loves to study. Loves to loves to study, loves to do the research. Odiner, I gotta tomes. say, I I have fallen head over heels in love. Like Rick, do you have an animation where you can make my eyes pop out of my head like the Animaniacs? Ooga, that thing. <laughs> no, but right. that would do that again. Yeah, ooga, that thing. Yeah, I I <laughs> yeah. have fallen in love with Odiner. He is the good boy Jedi with the big old teeth who uh, likes to read his books in quiet. But he'll mess you up with a lightsaber if he has to, but he doesn't want to. And um, he finds the holocron at the end, and he starts his own Jedi library. I mean, oh, yeah, look at him. Look at yeah. that beautiful mole face and that that old-school medieval armor, that yes. jagged that lightsaber. lightsaber. Ugh. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I, somebody play me, like, some sappy music while I cry I, to pictures of Odin or... Can I tell you? I, are, we, are we talking about Odin or... No, later? we'll come back to him. We'll come back to okay, him. Okay, okay. I'll, I'll save it. I'll save it. Let's tell the good folks what we've got here going. Let's... let's, well, let's okay. Let's go... Oh, what? Let's you've chance. got some music queued up? We'll come back to it. We'll, I don't know. Yeah, I'm going to get we'll on see, my... We'll I'm going to get on my uh, Odin Earth soapbox when we get to it. So first and <laughs> foremost, uh, let's tell the good folks what exactly we're talking about tonight. This is, after all, our second part of a two-part roundtable from two weeks ago because we weren't prepared last week. Um, <laughs> Whoa. I was, wow. I was mid-flight. I was mid-flight. prepared. <laughs> hey, I finished the reading. Your medal is in the mail, Emily. Mm. Um, <laughs> well, you know, I'm not included in the in the official academy group, but, you know, at least I read yeah. what I'm supposed to read. I've got good yeah. news for you, Emily. Mm. For a limited time, access to the Utini Academy is 25% off with early Padawan. bird access with code oh, Padawan. And I get to pay. So for the low, you low can, price. You can learn from your, your fellow masters. Of $47, oh. you can be in the uh, Academy with lifetime access. Lifetime. Isn't oh. Emily part of like the high council? Can't she just fire us all? I am, actually. <laughs> I am. <laughs> But that's okay. Well, you know, I, I just, a, I've got a lot of stuff going on. It's all good. As 
as a wise man once Yo. said, I am the Senate. Mm. Moving on. Hey, yeah. Moving as on. A wise man. <laughs> Moving on. Wise men say. We are tonight talking about the prequels and the sequels of Tales of the Jedi, which was already a prequel before the prequels were made. Um, this was in the, the late 90s. Finally, in 1997 and 1998, we got Tales of the Jedi, Golden Age of the Sith, Tales of the Jedi, Fall of the Sith Empire, and then what might possibly be one of the greatest legend stories ever told, Tales of the Jedi Redemption. For my two cents, that is. All right, let's go around the horn here and uh, share these intros. I'll lead us off. Tales of the Jedi Golden Age of the Sith was written in 1997 by Kevin J. Anderson with art by Dario Carrasco Jr., Spoiler alert, by the way, for Tales of the Jedi. All around. We're going to even spoil a little bit of the stuff and the stuff from two weeks ago that, you know, the Nomi Sunrider, Ulit, Keldrama stuff. There's, there's some spoilers. All right, moving on. Hyperspace navigators crash land on Zyost, where, not Zitz, on Zyost, where <laughs> the Sith are in the throes of a civil war. The Dark Lord of the Sith, Mark Aragnos, with his dope horns, has died. At his funeral, Nagasato, uh, Nagasato? Nagasado. How do you say that? Nagasadao? No. Yeah. Naga Sadow. No chance, bro. Naga Sadow. Naga Sadow. You asked, and now Naga you're going to turn us down Sadow. for making Naga Sadow. No. No. How many of you have right listened to the audio wrong. drama? <laughs> I'm the only one who's listened wrong. to the audio drama. Naga Sadow. Naga Sadow pulled a Kool-Aid man, oh yeah, and showed up with an announcement at the funeral like a jerk. He would challenge Ludo Kresh, not fresh, Ludo Kresh for the title of Dark Lord of the Sith. He planned to lead the Sith beyond their tidy little corner of the galaxy in order to pursue the expansion of the Sith Empire. Sadow concocts an insidious scheme. He equips a secret strike team with a blaster found upon the navigator's ship to perform a hit upon Ludo Kresh's base. He intentionally implants evidence to lead the Sith leadership to agree to Sadow's conclusion that they should prepare for a counterattack against the Republic. Eventually, Sadow overplays his hand, pulls the same scheme over again one more time, and uh, Ludo Kresh discovers the truth, that Naga Sadow has been manipulating them all along. Oh! <gasps> Meanwhile, good boy Jedi Odin Ur had a force vision about the return of the Sith, convinced Empress Teta to make an impassioned plea to the Republic Senate to do something about the Sith before it's too late. Dun, dun, dun. Which leads us to Fall of the Sith Empire. Emily, I'll give you this one. Yeah, so it was released in 1997. It's by Kevin J. Anderson and Dario Caresco Jr., so Naga Sadao's fleet struck Sinagar in what will become the Empress Teta system. It is a long and grueling battle with treachery and death, including Odan Ur's brain tentacle master in a jar, Uru, sacrificing himself to poison Sadao's Masasi army with his tank gases. Gav Maligan getting duped by Naga Sadao and giving the Republic critical information in the moments before his fiery death, and Ludo Crash faking his own death. Gasp. Then he died for real. You're supposed on like to do the a gasp. Page. You're supposed to. You're supposed to gasp. You know, the gasp is. You're supposed to gasp. If you want to micromanage how I read <laughs> your description, no. <laughs> you just. You know, come on, give me a gasp. I mean, do you can yourself. also just say gas. <laughs> carry on, carry on. You're doing great. Am I? You Feel are. You zero are. Zero creative liberty. Aren't you here. supposed to put it in? Uh, there you go. Hold on. Now. Now. Yeah. 
Oh, now I want to guess for sure. Mm-hmm. Okay, all right. Uh, there's asterisks now. Okay, I can read it now. All right, and Luda crashed faking his own death. <gasps> then Good he job. died for real on like the next page. <laughs> Eventually, so Nagasadao retreats to, you guessed it, Yavin 4, where he will lie in wait to possess Exar Kun's hapless soul. Pour one out for Exar Kun. Yeah. <laughs> that was some great creative liberty there at the oh, end. Thanks, thanks. Emily, I appreciate mm. it. You know who yeah. else has creative liberty? Whichever of the two of you wants to take the next one. Uh, you, you want me what? to? Can I? I can I? Hold on. I don't, you can read, Freddie. I just want to say, can I share my creative liberty with my anagram discoveries? Go uh, ahead. I don't know. <laughs> we all we all want to see it. <laughs> Not a joke. I don't even know. Do you remember this conversation? I posted it uh, in the the Slack. I'm probably going to get like canceled for this, but anyway, uh, as we're reading um, like these 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 books, I was trying to figure out where in the world do these names come from. Naga Sadao, mm. like it made no sense to me, and so I was like, there has to be some some secret message embedded into oh. uh, this name, and so I started playing around with anagrams, you know, like rearranging the letters okay. to see National what secret message. It. I national treasured it. Go on and. <laughs> I spent a long time trying to find the secret mystery to what Naga Sadao came up with. That's why and you I'd asked liked... for Nicolas Cage's number the other day. Mm. Okay, I that's, see where you're going. That's right. And I think I have made a connection to uh, Naked Palpatine. Okay. Um, you have my attention. And Yes. Um, <laughs> you can... And I'm sorry, this is this is PG-13. So if your family ears at home, this is a good time to, to take away. But you can rearrange the letters of Naga Sadao... And it spells saw a gonad. <laughs> that's it. All makes sense. <laughs> and so uh, that's the connection. I think I'm onto something, don't you? All right, Freddie. Um, let's read. All right. Description for reaction. That's it. That's it. Hey, Rick. The next <laughs> time was... you ask for creative liberty, you want to guess what the answer is? <laughs> you have not shown us that we can trust you. <laughs> Oh man, that was really good. All right, Redemption, 1998 by Kevin J. You know who needs some redemption? (laughs) Yeah, a couple people on this podcast right now. (laughs) All right, uh, yeah, Redemption, 1998 uh, by Kevin J. Anderson and Chris Gossett. All right, here's a summary. Ten years have passed since the event of Exar Kun's rise to power and subsequent defeat. Ulet Keldroma has stripped himself. I, who was he stripped by? Naomi? Yeah, stripped. Nomi. No, Nomi. Sorry. <laughs> Naomi. Naomi Sunrider. <laughs> She's going on the roster on the dream team with Darth <laughs> Hannah. <laughs> Queen, Queen Amanda. Amanda. <laughs> Queen Amanda, Naomi Sunrider. <laughs> oh, man. Uh, stripped of his connection to the Force by his former lover, Nomi mm, Sunrider. Stripped. Saw go Ned. Yeah. Oh All right. Gosh. Where's the where's Even the mute though <laughs> he turned away from the dark side by his own free will after losing his brother by his own hand. Nomi Sunrider is the chancellor of the Republic, but it it's just a busy job and she doesn't have time to properly train her daughter. Vima, uh, oh wait, sorry, skipped over something I think. <laughs> you got it. You're close. Uh, trained her daughter Vima uh, in the ways of the Force. Fed up with my mom, Vima sets off 
in search of a new Jedi Master. Who was that Jedi Master? Ulik Keldroma, of course. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. And he's looking... Ulik looks great. Ulik has retreated from the galactic spotlight. He's not chilling with porgs. Uh, he's not sipping on any green milk with an anteater cows. Uh, he's on a frozen tundra planet, Renvar, after his hired hand pilot Hagen uh, first tries to drop him off at Yavin 4. Uh, come on. Yavin 4, read the room, dude. You like that, Jared? <laughs> nice. That was good. <laughs> Ulik is also hunted by a rogue Cathar named uh, uh, Jedi Cathar, actually, named Silvar. Uh, she's consumed by thirst for revenge because her husband died by Ulik's hand. Uh, Vima just so happens to find Hagen's uh, Hagen, who survived the Great Jedi Convocation, just to get a glimpse of this once-in-a-decade Jedi Olympics. She convinces him to take her to Ulik on Re- uh, Renvar. Uh, Ulik isn't so thrilled at the prospect of taking on a Padawan, but he also doesn't want to leave her to die in the blizzard. So, come on, kid. No Jedi stuff. Get out of here. I don't want to do it. But Vima eventually thaws Ulik's frozen heart. Uh, the two make an art project honoring Vima's whippy dad <laughs> and Ulik's former master, Arka, rest in peace. Uh, and they practice lightsaber uh, lightsaber forms and they lift some heavy rocks and uh, just do some other Jedi stuff, but mainly that big art project with the uh, the snow. I, I love that, yeah. Red, Freddie, you've not read this yet and you're reading it live right here on the air. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like you don't Haven't know what I've written yet. in the summary. I haven't written it. I haven't written it. This is not me. <laughs> Eventually, uh, Hagen rats uh, Ulik out to the Jedi in search of a payday. Uh, Nomi and her old pal, Crazy Cat Lady, hop into the ship, show up in Ulik's doorstep, and Ulik finds himself in hot water on his frozen planet. He is ready to sacrifice himself rather than taking up arms against the Silvar, but persuades her to abandon her quest for vengeance just as it looks like Ulik is about to live and redeem himself, Hagen shoots him in the back. Rest in peace. A spoiler alert. Yeah, it's a big. That's spoiler. a big spoiler alert. But uh, I'm gonna need all issue. in all, it is powerful. It's, you know, Hagen what? sucks, man. Yeah, <laughs> Hagen, his eyes, his eyes gave it away. Crazy eyes. Ugh, so uh, crazy. All in all, it was the teeth for me. It's a net positive though, because Ulik becomes one of the Force, uh, one with the Force. That's what he becomes. Reconnecting to the light side of the force after all these years in his selfish, selfless death. Not selfish. Selfless death. Uh, Vima and her mom are reunited and set off to continue her Jedi training as mother and daughter. And Ulik disappears in Nomi's arms. Yeah. Into Man, the force. It's amazing stuff. Wow. All right. Let's go around the room. Let's go around the room and uh, let's rate. We've got three stories here to rank. Um, we've got... Golden Age of the Sith, Fall of the Sith Empire, and Tales of the Jedi Redemption. Um, let's let Freddie take a breath here. We're going to start with you, <laughs> Emily. Rank all three of these titles that we have for tonight's show. Okay. And so that's great. Okay, yeah. All right. So I think that Golden Age of the Sith is probably like a good... Fall of the Sith Empire is great, and Redemption is next level up. Was it a masterpiece? In- incredible. Yeah, 
Incredible. Yes. So like one step below masterpiece. If yeah. I had to put a number, which I know we're not supposed to do. So never mind. No, it's, we can make our own rules here. Corey's not watching. That's true. I'm giving it a star. <laughs> yeah. All right. Freddie, <laughs> Freddie's got stars. What you got, Freddie? What are your what are your ratings? You know, I, I'm not too far off of Emily's uh plan here, but I, I think I, I really do like uh Golden Age of the Sith seeing Especially after reading Bane, you know, getting to see the Valley of the Sith Lords, yeah, oh yeah, in its in its glory, right, and 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 that's that's what we were seeing. That's what they talked about. And it's like, oh my gosh, here it is in its in its entirety with all of its jewels, obviously in nineteen nineties <laughs> comic art. <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, but it was really fun to see and seeing kind of the you know first of all, I I like seeing Naga Sadao anytime. Uh, such a historic character and. Uh, a fun fun story. So I, I think I rank it a little bit higher, but honestly, I don't remember the rankings that Utini has. So I'm just going to go with Emily said. <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> except for except for we're going to bump up to Golden Age of the Sith a little higher. Yes. A little higher. I I I also do think that Golden Age of the Sith, it for my money, is better than Fall of the Sith Empire. But uh, I I'll do my last. Believ- go ahead. I thought Fall was a little more believable. I don't mm. know. It was it was. Some pretty there wild was nothing, story elements. There was nothing golden age about the Sith. Yeah, that's true. They were just they were lame. They were just sitting around bickering at a funeral, yeah. and there was nothing powerful or intimidating or scary. I guess it was just that they were a, like a species, that whole thing. But like, I wasn't afraid of the Sith. I don't know, like, if that's the legacy of the Sith that they lived happily ever after. Yeah, you know, like, so uh, it was. It should, I think it should for be me, called I, the Sith Civil War. Is what it should be called. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, that yeah. would have made it better. All right, Rick, what are I your ratings yeah, all around? You're right there. Um, I'd say good for um, Golden Age. I would say, let's see, great for Fall of the Sith Empire because I loved the ships. Those were really There's a cool. lot of ships, man. <laughs> yes. There's a lot of ships in Fall. And, Kevin uh, J. Anderson. <laughs> and some, some, cool, some cool combat, you know, with the whole, let's... You know, do the whole blow up a sun thing. Um, uh, let's see. And then redemption. Let me be honest, guys. <gasps> I was not getting into it. No. Until wow. the very end. Yeah. Until the very end, yeah. it sealed the deal for me. Um, but I was like, it was just a big change in pace because I read it in chronological order. Mm. And so I had just read, oh, uh, okay. what was it, The Sith Wars. And like for the first time, because remember I was behind last time, mm-hmm. and so I loved Sith Wars. That was incredible. I'm so glad I finally caught up and read those, and and so it was a very abrupt change in pace yeah. from Sith Wars to literally five minutes in between reading Redemption. It, like there's there's such a huge yeah. leap in in visual style. You can see how much yes. comics yes. as a medium yes. progressed. In between oh, yeah. just those two years, ninety seven and ninety eight, I mean, it, well, they got in, more digital, right? It's a I feel like that's huge leap forward. And then, and 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 uh, Anderson and who Gossett, they collaborated mm. so intensely on that to make such a tight story. But it is very focused on only a few mm. core characters, whereas all those other stories are massive, sprawling epics. Yeah. And so it is, yeah. it is a huge leap, both visually and tonally. Uh, you're absolutely mm. right about that. But it totally wrapped it up for me and had a very good character ending that made me kind of ponder, you know, like, 
Uh, I really like that. Like it made me think. And so if it, this is a pun, <clears throat> if it doesn't take the gold, it takes the silver. Oh. <laughs> okay. That's pretty Come good on, actually. Man. Well done. That's really good. Yeah. Thank I'll you. try that's to keep good, good thoughts. That's a good redemption. Hey! Almost, yeah, almost redeemed your fault. Watch your back, Rick. You never know if there's Rick a crazy Grace cat lady Miller. about to shoot you in the back. All right, so um, uh, we've got three stories here. I'm going to give Golden Age of the Sith a uh, an incredible. Um, though you you have to be able like willing to immerse yourself in this old school '90s art and the writing style, which are both really yeah. really stiff. My daughter came out. She's like, Dad, what are you reading? I was like, it's a Star Wars comic. She said, it doesn't look like Star Wars. And I said, exactly. It really doesn't. <laughs> You're absolutely right about that. Um, I, I think Fall of the Sith, for me, is only a great. It's not as good because it's so much just like one big battle. And I wanted a little bit more like intense character moments. Um, and Odiner is great, but it's it's a lot of battle pages spread out for like you know six or seven pages <laughs> which is rick's thing it's a lot of battle and it's not it's a lot of battle not really my as much because i mean i've read the story so many times but i will say tells the jedi redemption i think is in my top 10 favorite legend stories favorite yeah. star wars stories of all time um mm. it is just so masterfully crafted What's amazing about it, in fact, Skuma Joe was helping me out with some research here in some interviews with Kevin J. Anderson and Chris Gossett. They talked about what it was like to try to wrap up all of the tales of the Jedi storylines, mm -hmm. to bring it all to a conclusion in a satisfying, collaborative way. Uh, Veach and Anderson had collaborated in the process of, of pulling the rest of the series together, but there was some friction. It, um, in a lot of ways, was good, and in some other ways, it was um, tense. This time around, Anderson wanted to really buckle down on the collaboration, and they spent, in person, several days together mapping this out, and they said by the time they were, you know, in the brainstorming session, writing the, the conclusion, those last few panels, they said they were shaking with excitement mm. and emotion. I mean, the, the wow. creators of this story were yeah. physically, physically moved by their emotional reaction to crafting this. And you know what I have to say about that is, like, you know, the Force brought this into being. Um, <laughs> and I don't know of a ton of Star Wars fans who have checked this out. Um, you know, our Legends, like, Legends Look Back Discord channel is hyped to it. But um, you don't see people talking about this a lot on Reddit, for example, or on Twitter. Yeah, I mean, this is, this is a low-key, goaded Legends story, and I'm very excited for us to get into it tonight. And it it really this pulls is... your str your heartstrings. I mean, it, it it in every which way, from anger uh, to because I feel like most of us are on Ulick's side, right? We're just like we see the silver, and we're like, I hope he destroys her, and it doesn't happen. You're like, oh, this is better. <laughs> yeah, he gets the Jedi messaging all these years later. Yeah, but he had to learn it the hard, hard way. way. What were you gonna <laughs> the say? Hardest right? way. Um, I don't know if I remember. It'll come back. That's fine. Well, we're going to get there eventually. Let's start off here with uh, Tales of the Jedi, Golden Age of the Sith. Here's my big question. Uh, can we get the cover-up of Golden Age of the Sith? Um, we, we were chatting before the show about how perhaps the cover art on these three particular miniseries were not the strongest. <laughs> um, but <laughs> you do get to see you do get to see Odiner's big old mole face, which is great. And I love that. <laughs> yeah. 
I love that. How, how also look at that. Only 99 cents. Yeah, I was wow. say, this is such a retro. This is Dark Horse, right? Yeah. yeah. At this time, yeah. This looks like a Dark Horse cover, especially in the 90s. I mean, the, it's just uh, big bodies, main characters, right? Uh, done in this like almost pencil, colored pencil mm. style. I don't know how else to describe it. Yeah, for sure. All right, yep. so this brings me to my soapbox. Somebody bring me my soapbox. I have one question and one question only for the entire show tonight. Are you ready for it? I'm ready. Is Odin Ur the most lovable Jedi of all time? <laughs> Look at this beautiful boy. He says, his master comes in and is like, what are you up to, Odin Ur? And he's like, oh, just reading my textbooks. <laughs> he says, just relishing a moment alone with my thoughts, Mimit Nadil. And um, he's, Mimit Nadil is low-key goaded too. I mean, he is fantastic. But uh, Odin Ur is one of the greatest Jedi I have ever encountered ever and oh yeah oh we got a whole slideshow now he's igniting the blade and we got a few more here right what else we got rick this one is just it's just him he is him as they say he is him that's it i think he's like the <laughs> neville Longbottom of star wars along, neither here nor there and then really just comes wants to through in the live end. and have a good life and yeah. have fun. That's about it. Like, I'm here to <laughs> he's a scholar. Yeah. You know he's got an MDev for sure. Okay. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> that made me choke on my own words there, Skuma. Uh, he says, I want to pet Odiner's smooth cranium. <laughs> mm. <laughs> oh, man. That's fantastic. Um, all right. So what I love about him is he's a, he's a scholar first. Mm-hmm. And Jedi second, so he he wants to preserve the history. He wants to learn about the Sith because um, you know it's it's kind of a heads up play. The rest of his colleagues are like, yeah, the Sith are old old news. Little does he know he is in one of the oldest Star Wars stories ever. <laughs> There's so much more ahead of him. He doesn't even know about Darth Vader yet. He don't even know about Bane, right? Um, yeah. But it, as far as he's concerned, the Jedi or, or the uh, the Sith are extinct, and yeah. they're old news. Who cares? And then by the end of the story. You know what he goes off to do? Build a library. Mm-hmm. Um, and then we do get a story later on the timeline where he is he's an old Jedi, uh, you know, passing on the stories to the younglings. And um, he, I think, is in a holocron in another story as well. Somebody finds his holocron, and it's a very Kevin J. Anderson thing to do, is write your own character from <laughs> the past way into the future with a holocron or a ghost, or maybe yeah. the other way around. He does a lot of that, a lot of that, and mm-hmm. and I love him for it. I love him for it. So, um, who else wants to join the Odiner fan club? Odiner is great. I, it's Reluctantly, hard. yes. <laughs> Reluctantly, He's yes. Good. Only the, here's my deal. Every time they had one of these like side quest Jedi in the story, I had no clue what was going on anymore because like it would be the start of a, an issue. All of a sudden, we're talking about <laughs> who's this Odiner. You know, I'm talking about Freedon Nat or, you know, who Xarkun or whatever, and then we keep on jumping back and forth to these random Jedi, and it's just like... Did you just call Odiner a side quest Jedi? Rick, he's fighting words. I, I did, man. I did. I'm punching now, you I from above. I think I get it first, and then at the end, you're like, yeah. okay, I realize his importance now, but at the beginning, exactly. you're like, who is this bookworm? Like, why are we focusing on yeah. him? There are bigger problems. Bookworms? Said the bookworms. 
<laughs> Emily, do you not know that you're on a Star and Wars he books looks podcast? Like a bookworm. I'm just saying. So, like, he's not a hero. He's not like the hero cast. You know, like he's not who you expect to be a lead player, and yet he comes through. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I love Odin Er. Is it my okay. turn yet to talk okay. about sure. Odin Er? I don't know if I've talked about Odin. Come on, Freddie, help me. Here's out. why I like Odin Er, because he is this bookworm. Who is just like, oh, I just love my books, you know, just sitting in the corner reading my books. Uh, I don't know why he's got that accent, but Odin Ur now has that accent. Uh, and when Odin Ur is called to duty, Odin Ur goes to duty. Uh, and it's like, well, I guess I would love to be reading some books right now, but I'm going to have to fight. Plugs in his lightsaber and takes down a bunch of people. <laughs> Who knows how many people Odin Ur has taken down with that lightsaber? Probably many, right? A yeah. lot of Masasi probably it's a died. Gnarly lightsaber too. Do you think? Yeah, do you and think he would have like read while lightsaber. And you know, stuff? and after that, it's like, oh, I hope I never have to use this weapon again. You know, I, I don't think he said that. There's some other. I think it's it was master. his master. Yeah, but all he wanted to do was like, well, I can't wait to gather some things to research <laughs> afterwards. <laughs> That's right. That's right. Okay. And it, it's just like, wow, this he that's that's like the all-time goat to be able to just be like I don't want to go do anything with any of you. I want to read. But they're like, "Hey man, we need your help. We're in a fight." He's like, "All right." Takes down a bunch of people and then just decides to, you know, still lives after being amongst how many assassins. <laughs> anyway, Odenner goat yeah, absolutely. I love them. Um, however, this story, Rick, you're exactly right, does focus more on the bad guys. Um, and we've got a really interesting dichotomy that is painted here in the story between, and they, they really spell it out quite on the nose, in fact, the idea that Ludo Kresh is a conservative. Ludo Kresh wants to maintain the status quo. Mm. He is happy with the empire the way it is. He doesn't want to shake things up. I want to know. Let's let's have it. Let's have a standoff here. I want to know who is Team Ludo Kresh and who is Team Naga Sadow. Uh, Naga Sadow is the progressive who wants to expand. He wants to move beyond where they're at in the moment. His idea is our empire should not be resting on our laurels. We should go and conquer the friggin' galaxy. We are Sith. We need to get off of our butts. We are not Odiner sitting back reading our ancient history books. We need to go and mess stuff up. This dichotomy of the conservative progressive is is I can't decide if it's overdone or perfect. I love it so much. Um, all right, who's who's Team Odiner and excuse me, we're all Team Odiner deep down inside. Who's Team Ludo Crash and who's Team Nagasadao? Like I am, I am a conservative in a lot of ways. Um, however, I do kind of think that that Nagasato, um is right as a Sith for the fact that like that's kind of their whole thing is you know killing. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I'm with you. Can you be a conservative Sith? Can you? You know, we're gonna we're gonna hey, save this is on some a different. Lives. This is on a different kind <laughs> of spectrum. This is more of like selfless versus yeah. selfish. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And it, I don't, I don't want to pop in yet because I feel like I feel like Nagasadao is completely wrong, and he missed like one of the main tenets of the Sith side. Oh. I, I want to hear some other folks. Interesting. Before I j- dive into that, oh no, we're all interested in what you're saying. So please well, continue. <laughs> N- Nagas, I'll say Ludo Kresh, um 
Little Crash is the one on the right, if you're looking at the screen here. Little Crash is the one who is chosen as Marco Ragnos's successor. So he is the one who's been groomed to be the next Dark Lord of the Sith, and he's kind of been resting on his laurels. He's just taking for granted the fact that he's going to inherit the title of Dark Lord of the Sith, which, you know, as we discover it with Bane, Palpatine, the Sith as we know them, they have to earn that title. You overthrow your master, and instead he waited for him to die peacefully. He's been a good leader. Um, he really establishes the Sith Empire, and now he's been groomed to take up the mantle of, you know, the leadership. But Little Crash has ambition. Nope. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Nope. Naga Sadow has... I always had to check my notes on who's who here. Naga Sadow has ambition. So he is ready to totally overturn the status quo. Yeah. Um, it is an interesting dynamic, isn't it? Where yeah. are y'all at with this? Who's team? I, I I'm kind of on the fence. Um, I'll I'll go dive for Naga Sadow. You know, Kresh is all isolationist. He's all thinking, like you said, just maintain the status quo. His goal is to just be the next successful Dark Lord with no plans for um expansion. Very isolationist. He just wants to keep his little throne and be happy. Mm-hmm. Whereas um, Naga Sadao's like, but wait, there's more. And the deception, the way that he's not even loyal to his own people, that his ambition comes first. That's very Sithy. And so he gets my my vote. Something Sithy okay. about this. He's like weirdly compassionate yep. towards the Masassi, though. Have you noticed that? It's this mm. weird combination where, like, it came across to me like he was, like, he was secretly befriending the slaves of the Sith in order to, like, undermine and overthrow the lords of the Sith, which was an interesting tactic. Hmm. Where are you at this, Freddy? Sure. Yeah, I, I think Ludo Crush had. I'm going to Bane with a lot of my, I guess, resource, right? My resource, my scholarly resource for what a Sith should be. And I feel like the Bane rule of two uh, and everything they stand for, I mean, they look at how much damage they did <laughs> all the way to Palpatine and then some, right? Continuing that that evil, I suppose, uh, if that's what you want to call it. I'm just kidding. That's... <laughs> uh, but... But Naga said, like, the whole thing about, about, I guess, Ludo Crush and that whole thing is, is there's not enough deceit and deception on, I guess, the council side. It feels like it's all Naga Sadao who's doing the deception, the lies, uh, doing everything for his gain. No one else's gain. His gain. He is the Dark Lord, and, and rightfully so, I'm not sure, right? It's not like... I saw a proper fight, like uh, a duel. But then again, what? why would there be rules for being a Sith? I feel like that's kind of the opposite of what a Sith should be. Uh, the only rules are basically the ones that benefit you. <laughs> uh, and, and I think that's where Ludo Kresh failed because he was more about the cause where mm-hmm. Naga Sadao was, right? And you could say failed uh, till when, right? Until we see the fall of the Sith Empire. But... Uh, but I think and, and, I think that that Ludo Kresh has to fail in order for Bane to succeed. I mean, I think you've, you've no Ludo okay, Kresh. So this idea there. of like building a Sith Empire, where we all yeah. work together, we've got a council, and we play it safe, and we play by the rules. 
that's got to happen in order for Bane to say, you know what worked? Was having an apprentice, a Sith, who worked for it and challenged the status quo and tried to overthrow the one yeah. who was going to take the mantle. And then he, he he kind of does start the rule of two in some ways, Nagasato does, because he starts training up Gav Malagan as, mm-hmm. you know, an apprentice in, in, in secret. Okay, it, so here's question. where Naga Sadao failed, though, and I think this is the part that, you know, I, I'm not sure what was happening with the Sith at this time, if they had the rules or if they understood the, the dark side, but he failed because he, he wasn't in the shadows. He tried to overtly just go through there and just punch his way through the yeah, Republic right. instead of staying in the shadows, which is like one of the tenets of being a Sith, right? We see it in, in uh, uh, what is it, uh, <laughs> Lockdown? <laughs> there you go <laughs> mall lockdown you can't use your sith powers you've got to stay in the shadows and just be a normal normal zabrik right just an assassin uh, and that's where naga Sedov was not the true sith i would say otherwise i feel like if if he understood this and set up the, the battle in a certain way and no one knows that they exist they just creep in creep out creep in creep out uh you know, put put assets in, in certain locations, strategic locations, and then attack before you know it or, you know, some other grand feat. Uh, and that that's where, you know, the overt attack that he did. He's not a good Sith. He's he's basically he, he doesn't deserve to be the Dark Lord. Yeah, great, man. We're getting some good stuff here. I love it. Mm-hmm. I love it. Uh, we don't have time to really go into a whole lot more detail on Golden Age of the Sith or Fall of the Sith Empire. I think it's time for us to move on to Tales of the Jedi Redemption. Let's do, however, a quick um, shout-out to all of the the MVPs of Golden Age of the Sith. We've talked a lot about Nagasato, Ludo Kresh, and Odin Ur. Any of the other characters that you think are <laughs> worth a mention here? How about Uru, the brain tentacle Jedi in a jar? What about, yeah. what about, what about Jory and... Uh, I say, and the most... And, Unlucky navigators ever. <laughs> yeah, seriously. Jory and Gav. You'd think you'd have some skill before you just try to, you know, navigate hyperspace. What could go wrong? <laughs> just lose everything, literally. <laughs> yeah. I'll be honest, the issue number one is almost entirely about Jory and Gav, the, yeah. the hyperspace navigators. And I was like, bro, am I even on the right issue? I thought this was the Sith Civil <laughs> yeah. War stuff. Same. And I've read uh-huh. this. I've read this check. like. Ten times. <laughs> and then finally Odiner ignites his lightsaber, and I was like, oh, yeah, we have made it. I was very excited on that panel. Every time you say Odiner, I, I hear, like, uh, order, like, you know, like the little side dish, like an order. And so I'm like, Odiner, what, what do we have? I'm hungry now. What's going on? He really rolls off the tongue. Odiner. Odiner. And let's, Odiner. let's not forget about the MVP moment of that brutal hut. Dispatch. Okay, what is up with like the benevolent hut? That was precious. Yeah, he was. <laughs> oh, he was. That's he right. was precious is a good word for him. What's his name? I've already forgotten it. <laughs> I don't even remember. Yeah. Gorv or something. What was it? Yeah. Anyway, he he's the one who basically yeah. is running his own little junk shop, and he is fixing up the ship for uh, Gory, uh, Jory, and Gav. Arba. And yeah, that's it. Arba. Arba, which is a Jabba. So they do this a lot in like 90s legend stuff. They'll use a name that is really oh similar to what's in the films. Um, <laughs> yeah. So for this guy's got his own little garage and... Hold on. Sorry. You're good. Keep You're going. good. I was just... 
I, speaking of names again, back to the um, the Sith Wars, the Jedi that that saves the lightsabers. Remember? Yeah, the Groot. He encases <laughs> them in his body. Yeah, that guy. And the tree he was. The tree. His name was Ood. Ood. It's Wood without the W. Also, Ood is a is a type of. That's all. I want to say Ood is a type of like. I've never scent noticed that. oil that comes from trees yeah. that's used. Oh, okay. Like okay. perfume. Okay. Yeah. I think you mean yeah. Ood. So, Ood. <laughs> so, just lazy names, but that's, that's Star Wars. And I, I embrace it. I'm here for Ood it. Ood so. Benar. Yeah. Uh, one of the greatest uh, Jedi of all time. Absolutely. Yeah. Without a doubt. You can you can stamp that and I love take how he, to the bank. he calls Ossus his friend. Like, yeah, my friend Ossus, the whole planet, because now I'm one with the planet. Yeah, <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, it's awesome. That's cool. And I think they're also in Dark Empire too. I don't remember. Same. It's like a similar writing team. There's a lot of oh. there's a lot of overlap. Oh, yeah. Redemption. Interesting. Okay. Yeah. Anyway, redemption. Let's move on to redemption. Let's move on to redemption. Is this story more heartwarming or heartbreaking? There's it's not both. a lot of warmth in the story. After all, most of it is set on a frozen tundra planet. Uh, it's kind of like an Elsa ice castle sort of deal, which is which is cool. <laughs> I, I would watch. Ulick did it first. <laughs> yeah. Seriously, can we have that? Uh, what's it called? The an- animatic, uh, like a story, you know. Uh, Scuba Joe can draw, draw it right. Yeah, let's make an animatic of that with the Frozen soundtrack. Imagine the <laughs> the old grizzled Ulik Keldroma. Show us show us a visual here of of Ulik, oh, yeah. an old visual you know grizzled Ulik Keldroma with a just performing a musical number. I think it would be a a wonderful thing. Oof, what about you, Freddy? samurai sword? Fre- yeah. Sometimes Freddie has a very interesting communication <laughs> style. Now that we've been doing the show together for four years. Um, sometimes Freddie will just post an image with no context. He'll just like <laughs> drop it. Freddie will be radio silent for two weeks, and then all of a sudden <laughs> drop an image like "What's up?" <laughs> yeah. And today like it was this. this. It was this. Yeah, this is it. it. Just no context. I just upload it to Discord, and I, I, uh, he pieces out. That's about it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Seriously, I want to. I want to read the lyrics of Frozen as like spoken word. Poetry and does it not apply no, to totally Ulik? What if alone. you know? What if we got a Ulik Keldroma tells the Jedi redemption adaptation starring Clint Eastwood as an okay. old grizzled Ulik Keldroma? Yeah. As long as he gets to wear a katana everywhere, I feel like <laughs> yeah, I'll watch that. The wind is howling like this swirling storm inside. Rick, I'm going to interrupt the singing and ask you a question. Is this story more heartwarming, in your opinion, or heartbreaking? It's both, man. It is a classic uh, tragedy. Mm. Yeah. Like, it is a tragedy to a T, textbook tragedy. It's got it's got the, the plot twist of the minor stupid character who ruins the 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 redeemed life of Ulick at the end? It's got um, there's multiple layers of redemption. Mm. You know, S- Silvar gets redeemed and saved, kind of from the 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 journey she's on. So I don't know. It's a and and who to save her other than Ulick? That's the craziest yeah, dichotomy yeah. there. So it's it's both heartwarming and heartbreaking. But I think heartwarming, I think, is yeah. the uh, ultimate. It's uplifting at the end. Yeah. yeah. All right, Freddie, your team heartwarming with Rick. Heart. I'm with Rick on this one, 100. Yeah. Emily. 
Um, I think heartwarming too. Yeah. Yeah, I think I'm there as well. However, I forgot that Ulick died in the end this time around. <sighs> And oh, I was like, no, <laughs> that little, yeah. that little, ah, we don't even have an image of him. Oh yeah. Look at that. Mm. Look at him doing those lightsaber forms. The art. So, in this is he, is he dabbing beautiful. right there? It looks like a it's little a dab. dab. Yeah. All right. Yes. Emily, Emily <laughs> yeah. reviewed the art. What do you think about the art? Well, I, I thought it was really wonderful. I thought I, I preferred the art in this over all the other ones. I think it, it seems more realistic. A lot of the Sith stuff stuff is very ornate, which is kind of awkward to me to see in Star Wars. Like, it doesn't seem Mm. like Star Wars to me. Um, This is a little bit better. It seems a little more realistic. Uh, And it seems like the characters, like you can see in Vima, she's got, like, very clean lines, like, very fresh, very new. Nomi is as well. And then when you get to the darker... Oh, my gosh. (laughs) For our audio <laughs> listeners, Rick was showing a slideshow of all of the Tales of the Jedi art, and then he popped up the picture from earlier of the Darth Jar Jar cosplay. So, thank you for that. Emily was on a roll. Oh, that's hot. Anyway. And now it's right out the window. All right. I'm sorry. Bring it in. Emily, you're back on the tracks. Well, I just thought that the art did a particularly good job of um, showing depth to characters. Like the newer characters are, um, they just seem cleaner and like less conflict. And then when you get to the art for Ulick and Silvar, I feel like it's just more convoluted and more like, I, I don't know. I just, I think it, it seems more like classic in a, in a way. Like, and here, when no, I see right. this picture of Ulick, I think, um, what is it? Jean Valjean. Or like, I think of a, a classic, like, What? He's going to start Jean singing Jean. again. <laughs> yeah. Look down, look <laughs> just, down. Now I hear that. <laughs> well, you just think like main character in like a serious yeah. book. You're you right. know, it You're seems absolutely like that right. it added yeah. way more depth to this, what I thought was kind of a very shallow story at first. And so like this, yeah. Yeah. this series really made mm-hmm. the whole thing. And yeah. Kevin J. Yeah. Anderson does have a reputation of kind of writing these one-dimensional characters, and Shadow is a common, um, you know, what I've seen on the internet. I don't necessarily agree. I love Kevin J. Anderson's work, um, but he's no- known more for his world building than he is for his, you know, depth of character, um, mm. you know, complexity. And this, he, he, you know. Um, he goes on the record in saying that this is his crowning achievement of being like, you know, capital L literature, something mm. that is so much better than your common movie adaptation story. Um, mm. I hadn't noticed that Emily about how Vima is, is in these very clean lines and looks very optimistic. And, and then the colors the art, it, are like brighter. Like it's sure. The yeah. whole mm-hmm. visual aspect of the character is very fresh and new. And then there's Ulick who's all muted and lots of gray and, uh, it just kind of reflects what's going on inside. I hadn't thought about that. That's a great point. Absolutely. Well, Absolutely. Emily, you you hit it right on the head. If you notice in a few scenes when we first see Ulick, his eyes are always dark, black almost. Like you don't see any mm-hmm. color. You don't see any white. And then there's a moment when Vima s- says something about him being in the of like of the light side or a Jedi or something like that. I can't remember exactly. And you'll see his eyes, actual eye 
pupils and everything in that next scene. And it's it's striking that, you know, you could tell they made those the decisions to give that that struggled look to to those characters and uh yeah, you hit it. You hit it on the head. That's great. That's great. Well we've talked about Ulick. We haven't talked a lot about Nomi. Nomi who is, you know, quite arguably one of the main characters from the previous uh, series that we talked about a couple of weeks ago. Um, Nomi comes back this time around. She's, I don't know if she was explicitly the chancellor. I called her that in the description, uh, but she's certainly the lead spokesperson of the Jedi and the Republic. And um, she's too busy to train her own daughter, which leads me to this question. What's worse, Nomi's parenting or her hairline? <laughs> mm. <laughs> uh, I feel like the, the hairline got better as the, as her, <laughs> Her story, like redemption, I didn't even notice her hairline. Oh, um, I did. <laughs> yeah, I was looking for it. It was in the, it was in the Estru, the early issues for me that I was like that hairline though. So the parenting is what sticks out to me. Emily, you're a mom. Review yeah. review Nomi's parenting. It's hard to distinguish because we don't have any of the middle story. We only have when Vima's mm. a baby and then now. So it could be that. She actually doesn't have time to train her daughter. It could be, why would you try to train your daughter? Like, that seems like a conflict of interest, you know? Uh, Mm. Like, pass that off. Delegate that. You can do that. And then it could also be that Vima is just kind of a little, like, normal teenager, and she's pushing back against authority. So it might be that she's like, hey, we're going to resume your training in a month. And Vima's like, you're never going to train me. I'm going to leave. And, like, just goes off. That's fair. Like we don't really have like a mediator that says like it's oh true. yeah she has been yeah. saying for years that she wants to be trained like there's no like third party that can give Ooh. us an accurate account for I don't know what's think, actually going on but I think the only point. thing we know at this point is that Nomi has been very busy as this chancellor right yeah. I think that's the only thing we really know and it, it's crazy. To have her to see her before and then to see her as almost like the Mon Mothma, I guess. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. Uh, mm, that's a good uh, point. And, and then just similar to like what we saw in Andor, it's like a sacrifice, a sacrifice for her being the Chancellor and bringing the Jedi towards this bright future is ignoring her daughter. Where in Andor, Mon Mothma had to almost sell her daughter. Mm. So it's it's like a lot of sacrifice. Uh, it's like yeah. your family or your job. It's the working mom. What are you gonna win? Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. yeah. I mean, it's a really uh, interesting idea. I like the way you said, Emily, that she never should have tried to train her daughter. Um, let somebody yeah. else handle that. If you're gonna be the chancellor, be the chancellor, be a great chancellor, and be a great mom. But don't try to be a great chancellor, a great mom, and a great Jedi master who's training a child at the same time. The conflict <laughs> of interest of it all. And I do think that she needed somebody else to train Vima, and Ulick does a great job with that. Um, so I think that it was necessary for this, for for Vima's own training. A great comment here from Skuma Joe in the chat that I don't know if you guys have mentioned this or not, but Basilisk Shannon Kotor One was originally going to be Vima, but they had to drop the character due to Jeep owning the TM for Sunrider, oh, <laughs> which I did not know, but. I do like that it is there's a little bit of separation. 
there's a lot of overlap already between Tales of the Jedi and KOTOR. You get to go to mm-hmm. the, the Valley of the Dark Lords on on um, Corban, for instance, and you get to visit Marco Ragnos' tomb, a lot of good things like that. So it wasn't necessary. In a lot of ways, it works better to have yeah. uh, the tie-in to um, Satil Shan of the Old Republic video game once we get there. But Nomi has to go on her own character journey, which I appreciate that it's not just Ulik has a journey, Vima has a journey, but Na- Nomi, or Naomi, if you're Freddy, has a journey <laughs> as well, character arc, as does Silvar, Silvar the cat lady. Oh, I love her story. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Y- you are. All right, so I, this time around, was like skipping the Silvar pages. I. Yep, yep, the wind just blew some of my decorations over. Everything's sure that fine. wasn't your cat? It's, fu- it's fine. <laughs> nope, it was the wind. It felt good. Why is there wind in your room? The that was, was the Silvar. Open. It's or April. Silver- <laughs> I'm not running the air conditioning. I got to save my money for Star Wars books, Rick. (laughs) All right. Uh, Emily, what do you love about Silvar's storyline? Oh, the art is amazing. And just her Mm. whole journey is really moving of like, she has come from a place of profound loss. She's, you have very reasonable doubt that like, she is going to go to the dark side for sure. Like she's displaying all the signs. We've seen these signs in Anakin's storyline, probably not at this point. Um, but like we will see similar signs where like she's just right there and then at the very end like who is going to redeem her except for the one person who like caused the loss in the beginning so it's just like this beautiful arc and I don't know just the depth of her character and like she they mate for life so like she will be alone for the rest of her life and that's just so like the depth of that loss too. It's like not like she can just get over it. Like she's done. Mm. Um, yeah. I don't know. And then just the 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 art was just gorgeous. I love her character too. Like a lion woman. That's awesome. <laughs> can we just I talk about how awesome that is? I think Thundercats. Yes. Oh, Thundercathars. <laughs> I think I have an aversion to the Cathars. I I hate Juhani and Kotor so much. That as soon as there's a Cathar on the page, I'm like racist against Cathars. As soon as they come on the page, I'm like, oh come on, <laughs> another Cathar. I gotta skip this. Speciest xenophobic. The crazy cat ladies. It's what they are. They're literal crazy cat ladies. You know, Cathars. Okay. Emily that hit sounds it on the like head, catheter right? is what it sounds I, like. That's what I was trying to sound. Like. Emily's on a roll right now because this is the other one that I feel like 100 percent accurate. Silvar. When you get to see, like, she'll never have children. This is a, during a time when Jedi could get married and have children. I'll never have children. <laughs> and, and, you know, seeing some of, some of those folks in my real life, it's just like, oh, man, I I have no idea the kind of pain she's experiencing, but that was it. And and then, of course, when Ulick tells her, like, these are your consequences, you know, you knew what was going to happen. It's, it's like, ah, uh, that was a page where it was hard to really... Because you take sides, right? We take. I took Ulik's side for a while, and then you see the Silvar, and you're like, "Uh oh, here's our Sith, right?" <laughs> uh, not quite though. Didn't go that route, and that's that was a cool part, in my opinion. Uh, but to see her, to see, I, I don't know how, I don't know how they how they managed to do this in the comic art, but to see kind of her whole life in that in that in that pain when when she was going to strike Ulik but didn't. You can see the blade right next to his face, and then she turns it off, and it's like the past is the past. It is what it is. 
I have to move forward kind of kind of look. And it was incredibly heartwarming, but heartbreaking because you know that that's it. Like she's alone. She's never going to have a mate. She's never going to have uh, kittens. I guess Cathar kids. <laughs> <laughs> All she has to do is go to the Walmart uh, parking lot to find some of those. Oh, <laughs> say that much. Uh, I, so, I do think you're making some really poignant, emotionally resonant yeah. points there between the two of you, and then Rick and I are over here cracking jokes. Um, <laughs> I think for me, I would have been more invested in it had her mate's story been more in the forefront in the, That's the true. first yeah, her few mate's arcs. Story sucked. He was the yeah. worst. Yeah, he's he's lame. She she got the short end of the deal way before yeah, he turned to this. Like there was, they weren't even like together together. They were like occasionally around each other. And then yeah. she's acting like, You took away my one chance. Like, well, yeah. you yeah. kinda didn't take that chance when he was alive. So <laughs> Yeah. That's that's kind of my biggest criticism. I think if I was as invested in him as a character yeah. going into this and then picking up with her, that would have meant more. But you can't change the past. Rick, you're going to crack a, a joke. Go ahead. Well, yeah. It's, I don't know if it's a joke. It's, maybe it's funny. I don't know. Um, so the whole Jedi and attachment thing, do we know when the Jedi Order starts taking a, t- a stand against atta- attachments? That's a great question. If not, I don't know. I would like to posit that Nomi's the one who's like, that guy Ulick broke my heart, so I'm going to make sure that Jedi never have attachments again. Or she you know, saw like, the damage you did to Silvar. Mm. Yeah, mm. so Maybe. I will say Nomi, Nomi did it. She, she's Nomi said, mm. no more Jedi. See what, I'm, see what I'm doing there with the... Mm. Nomi said, no, no more men for me. I'm working hey, on it. Hey, was it, it yeah. you? No, me. Yeah. Could it be then who? <laughs> all right, let's wrap it up. Let's wrap it up. I do. I do wonder though. When it's all said and done, where does Ulick's redemption rank among the great redemption stories in Star Wars? Yes, and this is to me the yes. heart of yeah. Star Wars. What Star? What mm. gives Star Wars the lifeblood to make it the most resonant American myth of our generation? Um, the or in a century, even the idea that mm-hmm. that Vader had gone to hell and back, and it was his son's love that brings him back from the dark side, and he throws away everything in order to save him. And so I think that the fact that Ulick lays down his life for Silvar, the one who wants to kill him out of mm-hmm. vengeance, and he says, "You know what? You're right. I deserve to die for that." Um, mm-hmm. However, if you'll hear me out, it's not in an attempt to save my skin as much as it is to tell you what I've learned about vengeance and power, you know, is that this is going to consume you if you can't let go. Um, and the fact that he he is able to mentor this little girl, which I, I'm a sucker for, like, the old grizzled grumpy man mentoring the chipper little girl, like, uh, in, in X-Men comics – um, Wolverine and Jubilee have a great dynamic. Wolverine and uh, Shadowcat, Kitty Pride, they have a great dynamic. It's it's very much that trope, which I am a sucker for. So, um, <laughs> wh- where do you think? What do you think? Where does Ulick's redemption rank among the great redemption stories of Star Wars? Mm. Gosh, that's a good question. Yeah, yeah, definitely one of the greats. Um, it's up there for sure, uh, but it's lesser known. I, it's le- it's right. it's probably one of the least known redemption 
what are the least best redemptions? How about that? Yeah. Least known best redemptions. It's, it does take quite a bit of reading to be invested in it, though. Um, yes. So it's not as accessible, mm-hmm. um, but it's quality but and highly recommended. I feel like the reason why I know we're not getting to a lot of this, <laughs> a lot of these on the list, but the reason I feel like it 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 is very high on my list under Vader and Anakin because I feel like that's the redemption story to right. It's mm-hmm. the redemption story. Uh, is because we do get to see Ulick and his fall and what that fall looks like and mm-hmm. how terrible it is to see his brother go and you're just like, dude, what did you do? And then for him to just want to cast everything aside and be alone with his thoughts to just wither away and die un- un- unknown to anybody. Uh, yet he gets thrown into something he doesn't want to be in and he does really well in my opinion at doing it and that's you know mentoring learning as well right he was about to get a little angry there for a second and uh she calmed his heart and uh, it's a tough one though i mean we've got some like kylo ren's redemption story is great too in my opinion (laughs) emily what do you think (laughs) uh it's so good okay so if i had to rank them I feel like I like Kylo Ren's redemption story probably the best because we get to see that whole arc with mm. like the films, which is a different medium, and they have like more advanced, more cohesive storytelling throughout the whole thing. Uh, whereas Ulix was kind of a little disjointed, and it mm. could have been a little smoother. I think if it had had a little bit more oversight. Plus, comics are just you don't have the opportunity to expand on storytelling like you do in film. So I would say, as far as the arc goes, having like a stranger, eventually, like with Ray ends up being a stranger, is having a stranger redeem you, and then like having like you killed your father, and like then coming back to the light. I think has some power. I think Ulick saying like forgiving the person that like he definitely wronged Silver. Like he's in the wrong. And then, so I feel like kind of just taking like, you know, I was asking for this. Like that while like it's honorable that he gave up his life, it's also like kind of an eye for an eye. So it's not mm-hmm. as poignant, I think, to me. And then Vader, Anakin, I wish that we had seen more of his interior like what more of his thoughts because I love I love Vader obviously um he would be number one if I knew more so I think Mm. uh it all comes down to how much of that internal dialogue that I've seen so I think I'd have to rank this probably number two so Kylo Ren is number one for me and then it's Ulick and then Vader wow that's really high yeah, it's good. It was good. Yeah. I did not like the beginning of this comic series. I was like, what is this? is the longest thing I've ever had to read. Um, yeah, but the redemption you. was as good as you guys said it would. It was. Yeah. Well done. It's You got to earn it, though. You got to earn it. Yeah. For sure. You got oh, to get through Ludo Crash or Ludo Fresh and Naga uh, Sadow. You got to get through the uh, Odin Ur and his studies. You got to get through. Uh, mm. uh, I mean, so many story arcs, uh, the Queen Amanda, all the way through to finally earn <laughs> this. And there's a lot of great other, you know, uh, redemption stories in Star Wars. Got some good ones here in the chat. Galen Urso in Rogue One, mm. absolutely. So you know, designing the so Death many, Star. Uh, 
So many beast riders like Abantha. The beast riders. <laughs> you got Boris Felia has a good redemption story in uh, in yes, New Jedi Borsk. Order. Uh, Kip Duran is redeemed, though that's controversial. Um, Lando Calrissian himself in the original trilogy is redeemed. Mm-hmm. So uh, there's a lot of good ones to stack this up against. This one, however, is uh, is one of the greats for us. That's going to do it for tonight. Though we're going to wrap it up. Uh, if you want to join us for our next roundtable, we got a few weeks here before we tackle. The Lost Tribe of the Sith Anthology Collected Stories by John Jackson Miller. Very excited to dive into those within the next few weeks. It does tie in directly to what we've discussed tonight with uh, Naga Sadao's uh, whole crew. I want to thank our uh, our patrons, especially for helping make the show happen and all the good stuff we're doing at Utini. A special thank you to Brian Dooley, Earl Q, Carl Sander, and Zach W. on our Jedi High Council. And James T., Ashley Ingalls, Colton Fife, and Chris Carrizo on our Alliance High Command. Thank you for your amazing support. Remember to sub to the channel. Leave us a review in your podcast platform of choice. If you're watching on YouTube, go on down there and click that little thumbs button. And uh, that's going to help some other folks help us to uh, help them to find the show, which is always helpful to us and, you know, spreads the positivity around the galaxy. If you'd like your thoughts around the show, you can find our contact information in the description below. We're also on Twitter at Legends Look Back. Remember, everybody, to keep the Utini fan code and be a force for positivity in the fandom. Until next time, may the force be with you. This is a Utini broadcast. <laughs>